0: Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Being a mother today can sometimes feel like you're under a microscope and the world is watching. Your choice is critiqued and measured in terms of worthiness, how you birth your baby, what you feed them, how you entertain them, dress them, and while dads can cop criticism too, it's nowhere near as much as mums. Camilla Nelson is an Associate Professor in Media at the University of Notre Dame. She's also the co-editor of Dangerous Ideas About Mothers, a collection of essays dealing with ideas around motherhood you won't see in social media or on the TV. Hi Camilla, how are you? Hello. You talk about there being a modern, moralising atmosphere around motherhood. What do you mean by that?
1: Oh, I think that since, I'd say particularly the 1990s, with the arrival of that sort of helicopter parenting mentality, or the big word in the 90s was intensive mothering, that you thought it couldn't get any worse by the 2000s and the 210s and the intensity just grew. And I do wonder if a lot of it is about the more inroads women make into the workforce, the more you get a kind of a, a cultural pushback, the more people want to police what it is that women are doing. You know, who are these terrible women parking their children in front of the television so that they can, you know, work, earn money? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a really interesting um
0: way of looking at it, when you said that, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, I'm I'm a parent now, I've got young children, and I definitely feel that scrutiny. And you just think, why are we feeling this scrutiny today? We've made so much progress. But then on the flip side, what you're saying makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I do think that it's because we've made progress and because people find that quite confronting. So, yes, and and also the progress we've made, I mean, especially through the the early 21st century. Yeah, there's this expectation, I mean, in the 1990s and through the 80s, used to talk about having it all. Um, having it all means doing it all as in earning the money, bringing home the bacon and cooking the bacon. (laughs) So I think that that's become deeply problematic. The funny thing is that the more women try to push back and and the more mothers try to push back, the more mothers are set one against the other. We had the rise of the yummy mummy. And then we had, you you know, the rise of the slummy, the slummy mummy. That's probably the, the, critique of the, <laughs> the critique of the yummy mummy is, of course, the slummy mummy. And also, look, I think that the arrival of social media in a big way has given a platform for the kind of concerns that used to always be aired over the picket fence historically. And now it's on social media, it's amplified, and it has a new visibility. I think that the ideologies around motherhood have become more intense for the kinds of reasons that we spoke about earlier, but part of it is visibility and part of it is driven by social media, just structurally. And you also um,
0: say, and this ties into what you just mentioned there, that this kind of scrutiny of mothers isn't just an issue for women who've had children, that this is actually a feminist issue that all women should be paying attention to.
1: Oh, absolutely, because whether you are a parent or you're not a parent, whether you're a mother or you're not a mother, you are judged by default as being not a mother. You know, do you have children? And so the way that we judge mothers affects women who choose not to to be mothers. More and more women actually do choose not to parent. More and more women choose to remain single as single mothers. Just because you know you're single doesn't mean you're not a parent. We we have this strange stereotype which I think ought to have been put to bed but they haven't. Yeah. And there is still a lot of cultural focus on this idea that, you know, single women are selfish. And of course why is it that we judge a woman who chooses not to have children as being quote-unquote selfish? It's because our default is always the endlessly giving mother That's how we judge women.
0: In the book, um, you've got a collection of essays. There are are too many to mention, but as I said in the introduction, there, there are multiple different essays sort of looking at motherhood in ways that we don't talk about, we don't see around us so much because it's not in the media, it's not on Instagram. You just mentioned the idea of women who choose not to have children still being judged by this. In a book about dangerous ideas about mothers, was that
1: sort of out of left field or was it something you always thought, I need to include this? It was something that I always wanted. I know so many women of my generation for whom these sorts of choices and issues are really big. Interestingly enough, it was actually one of the hardest chapters that I found it was hard to find people and and at um one stage you know i ran, rang another colleague cuz i i had someone i'd chosen i'd hoped would write and and she rang me and she said i can't write this it's too close wow and then i you know it was one stage i rang a, a colleague and i said Who's safe to ask?, <laughs> <laughs> yes. who's safe to ask? Because it is, it's it's something that women feel deeply. We've actually got two chapters by women, one who has Hazel who has made this decision long ago and is so glad that that was the life that she chose, but also talking about the way she's been judged the way she's been judged for the choice, which is, I think, riveting. And then another chapter by someone, you know, much younger, who is at the age where she's sort of thinking, maybe I won't. The other thing that you write about
0: or that you have an essay about in this book is um, single mothers and the perception of single mothers in society, which always strikes me as such an interesting topic because, as you mentioned, more women are choosing to have children on their own. Um, I'm at an age now where there's lots of partnerships that are separating and mothers are becoming the main carers of children and becoming single mothers. So there seems to be this really big contingency of single mothers. And yet they somehow managed to be politically um, relegated into the not important basket.
1: It's extraordinary. Well, of course, just in the news recently, we've had NGO organisations go to the government before Christmas to confront the government about policies of taking single mothers with really young children off unemployment benefits or parenting payments which is extraordinary. Of course, in Anne Mann's chapter, I I think it's a um, really powerful chapter. It's really early in the book. Um, she talks about how changes to the um, parenting payment ha- have completely impoverished and marginalised women. And, and part of it is this strange way we think about mothers. The, it's the having it all where we think if women wor- work full-time, well, being a mother must be a part-time job. So, you know, <laughs> why do we need childcare? Why do we, you know, why do they need this? Why do they need that? The second shift has been legislated into the way that society deals with with people and people who are struggling. Lots of women have successfully raised families being a single earner um, and I, I'm not saying that that, that doesn't happen if there's another chapter in the book from another single parent who's an academic where things have worked out really easily. You would think that in this day and age that, that it wouldn't be a conversation that we have to have and yet we do.
0: Why do other definitions of motherhood fall outside this cultural construct that we have or what we understand? So in the book, you've covered things other than what we've just spoken about. You've got trans mums, mums of children with a disability, Indigenous mothers. There are so many different types to be mothers. Why is it so narrow, this definition we seem to have?
1: It's the age old tradition of the Madonna, you know, the saints and sinners sorts of stereotype. And women constantly push up against that. We've got a wonderful chapter on transparenting, for example, by Quinides. But we're pushing against a stereotype which keeps pulling us back. I mean, if you said, okay, let's junk that and let's say, well, you know, mothering is a collection of activities pick up the kids, drop the kids, cook the dinner, do this, do that. It's a bundle of stuff. We would probably get further forward because we wouldn't be hand-strung by this idea of what a mother needs to be. It's so
0: interesting. And we could talk all afternoon, but instead I'm going to encourage people to actually get the book and read it. It's so interesting. Camilla, thank you for coming in and chatting with us.
1: My pleasure.
0: That was Camilla Nelson, co-editor of Dangerous Ideas About Mothers. In the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, Trixie Simons is chatting about why sewing is so great for kids and their adults. When I'm teaching the kids to sew, I'm actually really also teaching their mums to sew at the same time. So that was part of my idea that the mums would come with the kids and they'd both learn how to sew together. Getting parents and kids off screens and spending time together, what's not to love? This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Feed, Play, Love.